0: Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, Phil Muncie hosts New York Times best-selling authors and pastors, Sarah Jakes Roberts and Tere Roberts. Listen as they share why your pain and failures do not disqualify you from God's blessings
1: or His purpose for your life.
2: So we all see where you are now, but I want to go back to when you were 13 years old and found out you were pregnant. Yeah. Can you ever imagine that day, that night, whenever it was, when you realized you were pregnant, obviously everyone listening knows, oh, the bishop is your father, yeah. your mother, your, your celebrity status wasn't sought but was there. And now you're 13 years old. Did you ever think from there you would get here? And what was it like in those moments.
1: My goodness. I just remembered as you were speaking that, and I don't even think that I've shared this with you, when I found out I was pregnant, it was on Easter. Mm-hmm. On Easter. So the day that we're celebrating the resurrecting of our Savior, I felt like a tomb had been rolled over my hope, over mm-hmm. my destiny, like the stone had just been rolled over every dream that I could ever have. And it was in that moment that I really felt like that The goodness of God, the grace of God was reserved for people who did everything the right way. And it wasn't until I started connecting with other people and really just realizing that we all have a story, we've all gone through something, that I felt like the stone began to roll away a bit. Mm -hmm. But I felt um, useless. I felt dirty. I felt like there was no promise for my life and I felt like my role would be to see everyone else in life win while I sat there and licked my wounds. And as I began to see that I wasn't in it by myself, I believe that that's a trick that the enemy plays on our minds is that he makes us believe because of our issues and because of our struggles that we have to live life in a prison. Mm -hmm. And so we go about our day and we look like we're free and we're still in our homes, in our marriages, on our workforces and it looks like we're free but on the inside Bad, we're hurting, we're broken, we don't believe anymore. But what helped me and what I hope my story does for other people is just reminds you, you're not in this by yourself. Mm-hmm. You are not the only one facing what, you've, what you're what you currently facing. As a matter of fact, the thing that you're currently facing, someone has already overcome. Mm. And because they've overcome, there is hope for your story. Mm. People have had it worse. People have had it better. Stop comparing your story to what's happened in other people's life, and start to decide right now in this moment that I am not going to allow this stone to be rolled over my destiny. Jesus died, so I don't have to get on the cross. I don't have to spend the rest of my life hanging by my own failures and my own mistakes because he lives in me. I have been resurrected too. And so God, what do you want to do with my life? What do you want to do with my brokenness? What do you want to do with this pain that I felt? Because I serve a God who makes Mm. all things work together for our good. But that working feels like crushing sometimes. Mm. It feels like pain and disappointment. But it also, on the other side, (laughs) I mean, look at our lives now. It's restoration that you couldn't imagine. And there's a time when you will look back and you will thank God. You will thank him for the tears that are currently streaming down your face. Hallelujah!
2: Place. Wow! <laughs> Hallelujah! If your parents were here, I would ask this question, and uh, I'm going to ask you to represent your parents because you know I've, I've been doing this. I've been around TBN for nearly 30 years. I know I have a lot of uh, grandparents. I have a lot of parents. I have parents that have faced this yeah. with their children, uh, maybe will, or even grandparents who. Uh, have our will face you know your daughter is pregnant what did they go through and how can a parent reconcile when their parent when their children make decisions and things happened uh what would they be saying to those that are facing this as parents
1: we we're a blended family we have six children and I can tell you right now that it's no parents dream that your child gets pregnant as a teenager so this isn't something that my parents were wishing or praying for but I tell you that what they did was they did not allow their disappointment to strip me of their love of their support and more importantly of God's grace so I would encourage you if you're at home, maybe you know someone, maybe you've experienced this yourself and you're wondering, you know, I put all of these things in this child, where is it and and what did I do wrong? I want to comfort you in saying that everything that you put in that child is still there. Mm. And sometimes the seeds, are life, seeds of life have to be covered in dirt and sometimes that dirt looks like teen pregnancy. Sometimes it looks like an addiction. Sometimes it looks like dropping out of school. And it's normal to feel like, what am I going to do, but trust that what What you begin in that child, Christ is going to finish. What you begin in that child, Christ is going to finish. You cannot control their destiny and everything that they do, but what you can do is be a river of love in the driest seasons of their life. You can remind them that they're never facing anything alone. And what made me feel so much comfort during my season of of pregnancy and, and all of the other things that I went through is that I got so curious about how my parents could still love me, mm. that I wanted to know about their God. Mm. I wanted to know about this source of love that just seemed to run unconditionally. And I had an encounter with their God and it changed my life.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, We're gonna come back and talk about just how to connect the dots because I think right now, both of your stories are red dotting people. And they're saying, oh my gosh, that's, that's me. That's where I was. and. The obvious next question is, how do I get from where I am to where I need to go?
1: Yeah, so Lost and Found was a memoir About my life and I shared it because I started a blog online when I just had this revelation that other people had gone through what I was suffering with other people knew what it was like to have shame to have guilt to not believe that God's best was possible for your own life because of what you've gone through and the more I began sharing that message on social media that it is available to us regardless of what you've gone through my blog had over a million hits within the first three months Mm -hmm. and I just decided that I wanted to tell my story. I didn't just want to be this talking head over a computer screen. A screen. I wanted them to know, you know, not only had I had a teen pregnancy, but I dropped out of college and, and I was in a toxic relationship, an emotionally and physically abusive relationship. And I wanted to share that story because when we find ourselves suffering and struggling, we often make decisions out of that brokenness yeah. that make us even more broken. Yeah. And so I wanted to break that curse off of women like me, even men who have experienced their own issues. And so for me, that's what Lost and Found was all about. It was telling my story. But for Don't Settle for Safe, I wanted to give them practical tools. Okay, you know my story. You know what Uh, I've gone through. But let's talk about your story and how we can break the patterns that exist within your life so that you can live in the fullness and freedom of who God has called you to be.
2: Yeah, excellent. I think what's amazing, as I was reading the book today, uh, both of you, uh, you guys, you know, I heard one time somebody say, time is God's way of making sure everything doesn't happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But actually, as I was reading the book, I'm like, no, it is all happening at the same time for you guys. I mean, uh, typically you get married, you have children. I mean, you have six children yeah. uh, ranging a 20 year gap between Ella and the oldest is Ren. Yeah. Uh, so at the same time you're changing diapers, you're dealing with, co- who, you know, where are they are gonna go to college? Yeah. You're dealing with driver's license and <laughs> toddler chairs and learning how to teach one to walk while the other one you're like, get back here. I mean, uh, so, you know, every step, now you're pastoring two churches, one in Denver one in LA so every day this is not some bubble you're living
0: in you're living it out Uh, it's pretty wild yeah yeah we we met in there we always uh, say we we literally met in the air Uh, our books were coming out our first books were coming out just a month apart and we met it was just a it was actually a meeting to talk about our books and so that Sarah could come to our church and speak and uh, and so we met in the air we're on book tours we fell in love in the air, and I don't think that we've come down since. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, no, and, and you know, it, it's 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 great because both of you. I mean, you know, we you mentioned a blended family. You have uh, so you you have you had two children, Mackenzie mm-hmm. and Malachi. Malachi, and then you had Ren, Tay, and Isaiah. Yeah, and then you come to, and then of course I. Uh, I remember two things. I remember, first of all, when you were telling me that you were in love, I can yeah. tell you where I was at. Hill Ranch, <laughs> That's California, right. California in front of uh, Dan, right. Don Juan Restaurant. Right. You were telling me, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then I remember also uh, getting a call from you right after the doctor yeah. uh, gave you the report that you were going to be with child. And I remember yeah. saying this oh, yeah. was now the the... THE ETERNITY HAVING LINKED NOW THE DNA mm-hmm. OF GENERATIONS THAT BROUGHT YOU TOGETHER yeah. WAS NOW SEALED IN THIS. Um, SO, YOU KNOW, it's, it's, IT'S AN AMAZING TO SEE. Uh, TORI, WHAT DO YOU THINK BECOMES THE MOST IMPORTANT ELEMENT that, have, THAT HAS NOT ONLY MADE THIS STORY SO COMPELLING, BUT KEEPS YOU IN IT AND then, ESPECIALLY NOW WATCHING GOD JUST THRUST YOU? Yeah, uh, a lot of people think success is a reward. It's actually a responsibility. Absolutely. Well, how did
0: you get here? It is. And how are you sustaining? Uh, what's the key? Yeah, I think I think it's it's alignment. I, I do believe in in aligning yourself with God, being being radically obedient, uh, trusting Him, trusting His love enough to know that He's got an incredible plan, and if you would yield to it and surrender to it. Things are going to be amazing. You will truly become, as my wife's book says, unstoppable. I think uh, for us, one of the things that God did in our lives very early on, our relationship very, very very early on, was to confirm that this was him. Uh, we fell in love pretty quickly. We knew after our first date that we were to be married. Now, I'm the type of pastor, I, I speak against that. <laughs> I, I do it's, it's like you, you come to me you know your, your, your congregation members come to you and they're like pastor we just met him and, and I, he's my husband I'm Like, hey slow down hold up <laughs> so I would be one that will really speak against that but but God spoke to both of us and uh, and so it was accelerated from the start but I do believe that when you know something is God and this is definitely a God thing and the fruit in that has transpired in you know in, in the past four years is is evident you know but for me what drives me is i know this is god yeah i know that whatever he calls us to do you know yes it's going to be challenging yes it's going to stretch us but it's going to be amazing and it's going to be destined and so so for me it's it's alignment always pursuing alignment always searching your heart you know asking the tough questions i mean for us denver we had just gotten one church la off the ground we had just settled into our our new home our dream home you know, in, uh, just outside of Los Angeles. And then God says mm-hmm. Denver, mm. you know. And uh, and once we knew that it was really God, we were willing to let go of everything that yeah. had become comfortable. We, we didn't want to settle for safe. We would have been safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we were willing to let it go, and we stepped out on faith, and God has just blessed us tremendously. And our kids are covered. It's like all things work together for good. We're so busy trying to hold on and make sure that this is okay and, and that, you know, well, let me just fix this, God, and then I'll come and serve you. Yeah, yeah. Not realizing that that when you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he's already got all those other things worked out. And so for me, again, it, it's alignment, it's obedience, and it's knowing that this is a God thing. And we've found tremendous, not only success, but significance in following the path of alignment.
2: Well, I think, it, yeah, I think it's amazing. I wish we had more time just to talk about that aspect but i would encourage you uh you actually did a, a talk once mm-hmm. you know once this whole thing started happening yeah. you you did a talk called uh finding your soulmate yeah. and uh that exploded on social media i mean uh it's kicking near three million views yeah. uh yeah. that that was pretty
0: amazing mm-hmm. yeah yeah very, very open very transparent about things that i i learned you know, in, in hard order. Um, but yeah, it was five keys to identifying your soulmate. You know, someone on uh, Facebook reached out to me and said, you know, can you teach about marriage and divorce and finding love? And and I was challenged because, you know, I had gone through a divorce and I was embarrassed, you know, and how could I be, you know, a man of God and and something so painful happened to me, you know, and uh, but there was freedom in talking about it, so I was transparent at the time, you know, the divorce was in the past, and I had met Sarah, we weren't married yet, but there were so many things that I had learned about love and marriage and a relationship, and I just wanted to tell the, tell the world. So it was five keys to identifying your soulmate. Uh, the first key was was chemistry obviously you have you know you have to have some sort of chemistry but you can't stop there because you can have chemistry with five people <laughs> you know what I mean it doesn't mean that you're soulmate so you have to qualify that chemistry through through connection when God really begins to bring this deep uh, desire it's almost like this is more than just you're cute or or we're thinking on the same level there's a soul connection but even still that has to be qualified so the third step was wholeness, you gotta be whole, because you wanna make sure that, that what's drawing you to one another is not your mutual brokenness. You know, we call it codependency, masquerading itself as love. So we wanted to make sure it wasn't that, so, so being whole is being able to say, you know what God, I'm good all by myself, I don't need anyone, you know, if this is you, then fine, but if it's not, me and you are gonna be in love, and we're gonna be happy and healthy, and I'm cool until you bring the person into our life. So So third step is wholeness, wholeness qualifies that that is love. And then I think that before you can move on, you need divine confirmation. God, is this the person that you have for me? You know, and and God has to say yes. And you have to be still enough for him to say yes. You can't want it so bad that you're like, God, is this the person for me? Because I realize this person, I really want this. No, no, no. (laughs) You ask the question and then you wait for God to, to affirm you and be willing to pull in Abraham and Isaac. If it's not, I'm going to set this thing that I really like mm. down on the table. And God, if you give it back to me, it's mine. If you don't, then I'll leave it. We hope you're enjoying the praise podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. Because by the time we met, we realized that there was such a great destiny on our lives. We didn't want anything to get in the way of it and so early on you know we had to say God if this is not you yeah then we're willing to sacrifice it yes you know we love each other and yes you know it's amazing look at her I love her (laughs) but but yes all that but at the end of the day our destiny was more important and the last key was uh, so you have you have to have chemistry you have to have connection you have to be whole uh, you have to have divine confirmation and then the fifth one was a sense of purpose I believe that when God brings people together yes You know, love is in the equation, but I think it's bigger than love. I believe it's about destiny. And so was there a sense of purpose? And we are living in it every single day. Yeah, It's incredible.
2: No, I love it. I love watching it. I want to go back to uh, uh, an an element that I think is important, Sarah, about uh, people growing up in the church. And Mm -hmm. uh, the statistics are pretty staggering that a lot of people that are are raised in church reject the church. Um, You... you, uh, Part of what led to the whole uh, making bad decisions and kind of a, the, the whole dynamic of where you're at was kind of rooted in the fact that you really kind of struggled with the church uh, in spite of the fact that, you know, I would call your dad the, the world's greatest preacher yeah. one Goals. day, uh, but you struggled yeah. with the church, with what you were seeing from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that I really took church and made it God. Mm. And so whenever I saw something happen in church that didn't look like God, I was disappointed not just with the people, but with God as well. Mm. And so my relationship with the church became complicated because though there were these powerful moments, there was also hypocrisy. There were also people who were making mistakes. And and I thought that that meant that God wasn't good the way they were saying that he was good, that he couldn't transform your life the way that everyone says he could. And then I think as I've grown older and really evolved in my knowledge of life and salvation is a process, you yeah. know? you. not like you just get saved and then all of a sudden you have no more issues you have no more struggles it's a process and so sometimes we can be so consumed with critiquing other people's process that we become stagnant yeah and in that uh, moment when we're stagnant it gives us a sideline view of watching where everyone else is messing up but i really think that had i stopped looking at other people's lives and focused on my own that i probably would have discovered my own brokenness much sooner yeah but you want to believe something is real and so, um... I decided to share my testimony, not just the good things, but the difficult things, the the divorce, the the teen pregnancy, because I didn't want someone in the pews to think that you made it to the stage without any struggle. And so we all have our own journey to walk out. It may not be a stage like mine is. It may be an office, it may be a a medical practice, it may be a a lawyer's office. I don't know what the destiny God has for your life is, but I just wanna plead and, and just ask you to stop making God at the same level of the people who disappointed you mm. and dare to believe that he is bigger and greater than what your mom did than what your dad did wow. than what your ex-husband did he has nothing to do with that he's greater than that and if you would trust his plan he can do a better t- a better job with your life than you ever could
2: absolutely yeah yeah uh, I, I I have a my own son uh, it's named after me my namesake he he uh he was so disturbed by people just putting expectations on him. And there was a lady in the church that uh, just kept saying, oh, you're going to be the next pastor of this church. You're, <laughs> you're going to take over this church. And he was just so mad. And one day, uh, he, he's my Simon Peter. He hit all the sword. And uh, one day he said, he got so tired, of finally, yes, I am going to take over this church. And I'm going to turn it into a bar. <laughs> we laugh about it now. But it's, it was part of that whole dynamic. Uh, Uh, Pastor, this 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 is part of the mandate that God has helped you with. uh, You know, uh, One Church LA Potter's House, One Church LA (laughs) has so many young people, so many people that actually have rejected the church. Uh, What's what's the the bell? What's the
0: sound that's bringing them back? Yeah, I think um, well, we talked about authenticity. Um, We're in an information age now where. You know, you can't lie, you can lie if you wanted to, you know, because everything is just one click away. And I think that this generation, a lot of people think that millennials don't want God. They they do want God, but they want a real God, a God that is tangible, you know, a God that is connected to them and a God that understands them. And so for me, I think it's it's just the the realness. You know, I'm I'm honest, I'm open, and I believe in them. One of the things that I I never do is I never talk down to my congregation I, I, when i look at jesus and how he relates to us and how he deals with us he's never talking you down he's always yeah. talking you up wow i'm thinking about the woman caught in the act of adultery and 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 the you know the pharisees at the time they were talking her down and yeah. you know she's on the ground they want to stone her and jesus is saying go and sin no more hmm. so he's always pointing upward and i believe that that, uh, you know, I believe in young people. Um, you know, I look at my own life and I see where I've come from and what God can do in my life. And um, and I speak that to them. Uh, I father them. I honor them. I don't say, you know, because you're young. You know, a lot of times, what I think God wants to do in these last days, is and it's according to Malachi 4, I really believe that he wants to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father where there is mutual respect you know the 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 gray hairs respect the strong legs Mm -hmm. you know of the youth and and the the strong legs of the youth respect the wisdom of the old and I believe that when there is honor that transcends age when when the old don't say oh you're just a millennial and you're selfish because it's not true you know and the young don't say oh you're old and you're out of touch you know but when we begin to Mm -hmm. honor each other and one another, and begin to work together. I think we're going to see incredible things happen in the kingdom, yeah. and we're seeing it in our church right now. Uh, Tori, I want just briefly for you to give me, uh, give
2: our audience a, a sense of uh, the the book that you're, that's been birthed out of you about wholeness. Yeah. Uh, because I think you've hit on that a couple times. Uh, how vital is it that before people can step into their destiny, that
0: they work on the inside? Absolutely. Well, I think that that who you truly are is always ahead of where you are. You know, Paul said in Philippians 3, he said, Mm. I haven't attained, and he said this not when he was a novice. He said it after he was accomplished spiritually. But he says in Philippians 3, not as though I've already attained or am perfect, but this is the one thing I do. I forget those things that are behind, and I reach forward to those things that are ahead. Jesus talked about when you bear fruit, he prunes you so that you might bear forth more fruit. So, so who you are is always ahead of where you are, and you have to grow up mm. into the person that God is making the promise to. Let me explain that. Wow. God gives you a word, yeah, and, but the word is so far ahead of where you are. Mm. And this is why we get discouraged, because God will speak a promise to us, and it seems like it's taken forever. In fact, sometimes the promise is so big that it feels like the promise is for somebody else Mm -hmm. because it's so huge. Well, in a way, it is for somebody else because as you grow in God and all these layers of brokenness and all these layers of pain and these layers of dysfunction, after those things fall off of you, you know, um, you know, sanctification is, might, might be a theological term for it. It's basically transformation. Paul said you're going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm. When these things happen, you are a different person. Yeah. And, uh, and so the promise was made to this you, but it will be manifest in a future you wow. who got healed, who <laughs> got delivered, who got set free through simply walking with Jesus. And so the book Wholeness is about how your insides determine your outsides. You know, we're, we spend, you know, the cosmetic, you know, industry, cosmetic surgery and, and the likes. It's a multi, it's a $16 billion industry. And, and so we're spending all this money dressing up the outside when the true power is what's on, in, on the inside of you. Greater is he who is in you, yeah. you yeah. and he who's in the world. And, yeah. so, um, and so, so, in, so in wholeness, in wholeness, I, I walk, the readers through you know my own life Uh, and some of the common things that uh, that our brokenness produces in our lives and I'm all about getting healed because uh, the fruit of our life oftentimes is the byproduct of what's going on inside so it's about uncovering these these hidden obstacles they're in our blind spots we don't know them we're born with them words have been spoken we carry these things so wholeness helps you to identify and overcome these these thieves that operate in the blind spots of our lives
1: i really hope that people understand that when life happens to you that we have a tendency to shrink and to shrink our dreams to shrink the vision that we have to our life to something that meets the disappointment that we experience Maybe you're a teen mom like I was and you say, well, the good husbands are for the women who did things the right way and the careers are for the people who did college a certain way. When in reality, the only thing that's keeping you from God's best for your life is the idea that you can't possess it. I want you to break out of your comfort zone and to not settle for safe. Don't believe in the fear and the insecurities that exist within your own mind. We rebuke that right now Mm. in the name of Jesus and we decree and declare liberty over your life over your family, not just for you, but for generations to come. Who's gonna teach your children how to live outside of the box? Who's gonna teach your children how to walk on water? You've gotta do that thing. Your mom's life is depending on it. Your father's life is depending on it. But more importantly, this world needs to see the power of what Jesus can do when we surrender our lives to him fully. So I am hoping that you will no longer settle for safe, the safe zone that fear and insecurities create, but instead choose to be unstoppable with our Jesus.
2: I feel that just as Officer Brown was kneeling uh, at uh, your basically potential deathbed in the streets of Watts after a gang drive-by shooting, somebody right now just needs to be told hang in there bro it's not over and and I have no doubt in my mind Sarah that uh, women are watching today that just feel like that they have already boxed out their destiny and they're just going through the motions and uh, and that this is not an accident and there they are and I know there's millions watching but really the one person that's watching right now, that's hanging on. I want you to speak uh, into them, both of you, um, because this will be the night for them Mm -hmm. that they will decide not to live safe. This will be the night that they say, my purpose is awakened. This will be the night where they say, wholeness Mm -hmm. begins now. Uh, Let's help them. Well,
0: I believe that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is about restoration. The whole story is about restoration and redemption. The Bible says in Joel, God says that I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. And so I believe that when you look at our lives, and I believe that we're here, it's certainly not about us, but I do believe that God has made us a sign to you of the power and the reality of His his restoration. And re- look, restoration and resurrection, <laughs> truth be told. I made up a word, as you Pastor Phil said. But but this is a moment of restoration for you. Yeah. And I believe that in this season, you know, I was preaching this year that this was the year of alignment. Yeah. Where God was going to make all things work together for good and bring you into a time of restoration, which is going to bring... Acceleration, as you become aligned, it's gonna bring acceleration and profound restoration to your life. We're living it, it's coming, it's mm. yours. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm Sarah, second. just speak that prayer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. God, we, we thank you for the divine appointment that yeah. has taken place tonight. Yes. That you knew exactly who would be watching, you knew exactly who would be in the audience, but more importantly, you knew when we were crying, When my husband was shot, and when I was pregnant at 13, you knew that this moment would eventually lead millions of people to you. Mm. So God, we honor your presence in this moment, and we ask that you would begin to touch people all over the world right now, that people who are feeling alone, people who are struggling with depression, will begin to feel the love yeah. of our Father wrapping over them right now in the name of Jesus, that hope would be restored, that faith would be restored, that love is coming back into their hearts. Not not just love for this world, oh God, but love for you, the kind of love that cannot be taken away. God, we rebuke depression, yeah. we rebuke suicidal yeah. thoughts. We decree and declare that that is over right now in the name of Jesus, that they are new beings in you, and we are thanking you in advance for what's taking place in their hearts.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.